Welcome to the Bar Variations Podcast. Go behind the bar with me, your host, Michelle Duvall, as I interview leaders in the bar industry. We'll talk about how bar impacts their lives, what's inspiring them today, and take the conversations that usually stay in the studio out into the community. Grab a seat because there's plenty of room at the bar. Want a one-stop shop for all your bar needs? Over the past few years, Bar Where You Are has continued to evolve to offer something for every bar enthusiast out there. Through their ever-growing on-demand workout library, weekly live stream options, small in-person classes, and multiple instructor trainings and workshops, Bar Where You Are strives to deliver joy, accessibility, and a sense of community. Oh, and did I mention their super cute bar swag for all you bar babes? Head over to www.barwhereyouaresc.com to check out all they have going on and use promo code BVBWYA for 10% off. If you're a certified hashtag bar addict like I am, then you can definitely appreciate a bar-inspired graphic tank top or sweatshirt. Good news for those of us who can't get enough, Bar Goods Co. has apparel designed for and inspired by bar. And if you need that extra little bit of motivation to get yourself to class, you'll be happy to know they use only the softest fabrics available to help you express your love of the bar world. Check out their go-to line of screen-printed goodies including workout tops, sweatshirts, and even infant onesies for bar addicts in training. Plus, they've recently introduced digital products including creative resources for bar professionals and studio owners to take the guesswork out of what to post online so you can spend more time managing your business and less time worrying about what you're going to post on Instagram. And guess what? Listeners of the Bar Variations podcast can use the code VARIATIONS25 to take 25% off their first order. That's code VARIATIONS25 in all lowercase letters. Visit bargoods.com now to start shopping. Are you a social bar butterfly or just getting started in bar fitness? Do you want to feel good and look good during your sweat session? If the answer is yes, you must visit fitforbar.com and shop their exclusive activewear and athleisure styles designed for your bar workout and beyond. From hats to bar socks and everything in between, each piece from this female-owned boutique has been bar-tested and approved from the best in the business. And with free domestic shipping, easy returns, and a buy-now-pay-later option, fitforbar.com provides an online shopping experience fit for a bar queen. So go ahead and treat yourself to some new apparel from fitforbar.com. You deserve it. Happy shopping. All right, Bar Variations podcast listeners, I've got a great exclusive deal for you. I know one thing for sure, and that's that we all have too many grippy socks in our closet, but we can't get enough. So (laughs) the Point Studio has offered you, the listeners, a discount on their amazing grippy socks. They're the next best thing from being barefoot. You get 15% off your order with the code BAR VARIATIONS. That's code BAR VARIATIONS, all one word, to receive 15% off your next purchase at pointstudio.com. Hi, BAR VARIATION community. I am so excited to be here getting to interview the queen herself, Michelle. 
little flipped reverse rolls here. This is going to be super fun, Michelle. I am excited. I am so excited, so nervous. I'm when I put it out there, like, hey, would anyone want to hear? And that is like, oh God. <laughs> but in a good way so I'm very excited thank you for doing this and thank you for putting me in the hot seat I felt like I should have prepared questions for you but that would be unfair and very one-way biased so I'm excited to hear what you have to ask me oh it is my pleasure to be here and um some of the bar variations community has submitted submitted some questions so we're gonna have um, a little mix of community questions and then some questions that I threw in. And then at the end, we're going to have some fun with some rapid fire questions. So be nervous for those. The first part <laughs> is easy. All right. So we will get started. How it all began. How was Bar Variations born? So about Ooh, I think 10, it has been 10 years now. So 10 years ago, I was working for a Pilates studio and bar franchises were kind of hot in the scene. And by hot, I mean like just starting out and creating some buzz. But there was only really one way to go about um, having a bar class and it was to license or franchise. And the studio owner was like, I'd really like to bring bar. I was performing at the time as a dancer in New York City and my 24 year old self, very opinionated, was like, I'd never teach that, that's stupid. Um, and she's like, really? Like, I think you'd be great. And I was like, you're gonna license? I'm like, oh, I can do that in my sleep. Like, I'll, I'll create a class for you. Famous last words, um, we started the company <laughs> together for about six years and we were a licensing company and education program. So I went around traveling um, to train other people. So that happened. And then um, I'm sure we'll get into it more later of like what didn't happen. And then just a um, crash and burn in flames. And I walked away. I was like, I don't want to teach this anymore. I'm still dancing. I, nah. I met my now husband. I ended up moving to California and I was teaching Pilates full-time. That was kind of my entry to fitness as a dancer. And so I dove into that. I taught for a studio and all of a sudden class pass came out to Los Angeles and people were like, Ooh, what do we do with this? It's such a urban sprawl. How do we make money by re drastically reducing our class prices in exchange for marketing, right? It was a bit of a double-edged edge sword. And we came up with the idea of doing 30 minute classes, pack them in, max out as much as we can. And they're like, what if you taught like a bar class? I'm like, me, I had such like, <laughs> I was like, I had such scars from that. I was like, oh no. So I, I did, I ended up doing it. My mat, my core classes, my mat classes were going really well. It's a very young scene in LA, which was really fun. So people are like eager to like work out. And so uh, I started Bar Variations in LA in a studio, just casually grew it from there and then moved back to New York. My husband was like, you need to write all this stuff down, create your manual, like do it again. I was like, all right, I'm going to write the manual and that's it. Famous last words. Now we're here. So that's how it started. How it yeah. started. So a, a, a failure. It, I mean, I didn't go to business school. I went to dance school. So um getting involved with uh, venture capitalists and big corporations to partner with without knowing what I was doing. It was a big learning experience. 
and um, trade-offs. There's a lot of trade-offs when it comes to running a business for good and for bad. And if you don't know what you want your trade-offs to be, and if you are not in the correct partnership, um, it could be really difficult. Yeah, so true. And there's so many parallels as well with bar variations and bar where you are. First of all, our husbands, I feel like just listening to your story, like Lou really, your husband really catapulted that, like pushed you to do it. Cause you were like, no, I'm okay. I'm just going to stay here and give this information away for free. Mm-hmm. And uh, my husband was the same, the same thing. He was like, no, you have something here and people will pay for what you have to offer. So yeah, that's great being a performer and a dancer, doing what you love often gets us into this storytelling of, I would do it for free. Mm-hmm. It is such a bad story to tell yourself because even as an artist, you know, the big thing, oh, I don't want to sell out, right? Like, I want to, you know, go commercial. I was a modern dancer. So that was, that was a big line for everybody. I want to go commercial go freaking commercial, man, because those are the people who pay and you need to feed yourself. You need to pay yourself in order to give out more of yourself. And so when my husband met me, I was performing a lot. I started my own pickup dance company. So I was producing shows and, you know, running this little company. I wasn't sure where I was going to go. I knew business wise, I was going to hit a ceiling, especially in New York city. Like the it's not even downtown. This is how old I am. Like downtown dance. That's like kind of what you called it. It was like the more modern contemporary scene. Um, you know, there's like no money in it. So you have small, like these small festivals and shows and you kind of hit this ceiling where if you want to be like a mid-level company, you're then shelling out ten to $15,000 for one evening of a performance that in order to even break even, you have to sell out. That's very yeah. difficult to do in such a large city anyways. <laughs> and then, right, of course. you know, you're like, well, how do I make money? And then you're like doing options and then you're just like going crazy. So I wasn't sure where I was going to go with it. And so when we moved back, I started my company again. I was gone for two years, came back, picked back up. And he was like, you really should do your bar stuff again. Like you need to be creating. This is like what you live for. And so when I started Bar Variations, I stopped the company because I I couldn't creatively be in both spaces. It wasn't quite fair. And I was all about paying my dancers too. I was like, I will pay you to come here. I'll pay you to be here because I just know I'm going to get better work out of anybody, you know? So even with Bar Variations, my assistant, like I you know, bartering is great in the beginning and it comes to a point where, you know, people, oh, okay, maybe later. And you're like, oh, they didn't really do the work I wanted them to. You have to pay people. Yeah, 100% agree. And I would pay everyone else before myself in order to get stuff done because everyone's time is worth something and it be money plays a big part of it. And it's just something that's not often talked about because we hear it all the time excuse my tangent, but it's studios where, oh, I'm doing their social media in exchange for classes. I'm doing, you know, some admin work in exchange for private lessons. Awesome. For a very small period of time. Yep. And then it hits a point where it's like, okay, I'm basically running their marketing program. 
Yeah. I should be getting paid. I now have all these skills that I've gained and I'm getting good at it. So um, I always like to say like to my coaching clients, like what is the end, you know, put, set a duration on that bartering system and then figure out a way either to move into a paying position because you've created such value or it's time to move on to maybe doing it for yourself. So um, yeah, the beginning of Barbarations was getting very scrappy, also dishing out money to services like a photographer that would bring a higher value, you know, so to kind of looking at like, oh, I'm going to print this manual. Do I really want another spiral bound manual for myself? You know, if I'm going to sell it as a book, because that was the goal was just like, it's a book. And so I chose a more expensive printing press and people do question, oh, $35, but your digital copy is 20. And I'm like, yeah, half of that's going to the printer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot less material needed in a PDF. <laughs> yeah, and colors and it matters. It yeah. certain things that bring, you know, that bring value to the table, they matter and they're worth something. And that's like universal lesson, I think everything like you have something of value to share it's worth something and you have to know what that is worth to you so you continue doing it without feeling burnt out or resentful Um, when I started with the other company I was doing stuff for free in exchange for a piece of the company later on when we were getting funding and then when funding would go away and then come back, go away, come back, I was being fed, oh, well, you're teaching all the teacher training, so you're getting money that way. Okay, well, cost of travel, cost of this. Like, it's not that much money at the end of the day for the work, the exchange of work. And um, I essentially was offered 1% of net profit, which is actually zero because net profit is um, after all of your line items are paid. Right. So what companies can do is put you at a net profit and then all of a sudden they zero out. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of deductions all of a sudden. (laughs) There's a lot. And I was like, what? I created this. Like, okay. Um, I did not sign any papers signing my rights away. Uh, I still have a patent with my name on it. I still, you know, obviously things can be changed down the line. So what it is now is not one what I was doing when I was there, but it was in order to protect myself so I could teach again, so I could create again and have just options and just realizing like, oh, well, okay, this third party company believes that they should have 59% or whatever it was. I was like, they, and they didn't do anything, but their value was bringing it to a larger market, which we didn't have the skills for. So and at the time, they didn't want two people involved because um, that's another line item for them. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of a lot of lessons were learned. Um, a couple things I want to touch on just yeah. before we we move on and about money exchange because mm. you brought up so many good points, especially with the dancer background that you and I both share, but you know, we say like, oh, it's our passion, like bar, the business of bar is our passion. So it becomes like a passion project. Well, a lot of people have this idea like, oh, passion project, you don't charge, you do it, you know, for free. So 
we've kind of changed our own that this isn't a passion project. It's a passion profession. Like you can still love what you're doing and exchange money. Mm -hmm. And I so believe in what you said of like, you need to pay for the work that you want done. I know me personally, if someone, if I'm doing a bartering system or doing a favor, um, someone is doing something for me for free. I feel like if I don't like the work that I can't ask for a revision or that I, I feel guilty, but if I pay for something, I have skin in the game, then I'm way more like, no, can we tweak this? Or I really wanted that. Or now you have a deadline. Like it's just so much cleaner and clearer when there is an exchange of money. So, and so many lessons and agreements, right? Yeah. I don't care if they're your best friend. That was my best friend that I started the company with. Things can get weird. Yeah. Quickly. Very quickly. And um, I like that, the passion profession, because my clientele, are they're not the ones that I'm, I have different clientele, right? So my in-person, in-studio people, they're not fitness professionals. Why would I give them my services for free? They're paying people to do their hair and their nails and their taxes and to clean their house. And we are in a service. We're not servants. You know, we're Mm -hmm. in a service profession, but that doesn't mean we're servants to the people we're offering our things to. And we kind of, we do forget that. And then, okay, now I have coaching clients that are teachers. Okay, so we can be peers and colleagues. However, if you're paying for my coaching, my guidance, my expertise in this field, so you can profit in your business, you need skin in the game. You need to invest in yourself, just like you would invest in your microphone. Mm-hmm. You it's want t- somebody to tell you how to run your social media, you need to pay them. You absolutely have to invest. It's so much better these days because we can do a lot of it online. We don't necessarily have a brick and mortar. Maybe we can do it outside or rent space at a cheaper cost and not have such big overhead. We can't get everything for free, right? We can get really scrappy, which I've done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of the work has been done by me up until this point, but then you have to sit back and recognize when you need to invest in something to bring more value and you know even with the teacher training when I host I I would get pushback of oh well I'm shutting my studio down for you I go no you're shutting your studio down for you and your your teachers your instructors and yeah for sure that way you can offer more classes and in return make more money and your profit goes up. So, you know, if that's one day for you, you know, I just try, this is, I'm taking away time from my home life, you know, so that's, that's worth something to me. And I'm taking away time from, you know, my own in-person teaching. Um, so when you break it down that way, people go, oh yeah, but we're, yeah, this, oh, it's my passion, my passion. We get in this like storytelling of, um, well, everyone can move their body, right? You don't have to pay to move your body. Yeah. But if you want to pay for an experience and for expertise, you know, it's, it's different. 
oh my gosh, this could turn into a whole coaching call that we could do. I know, girl. All right. So we will move on to the next question. It kind of ties in. Um, How has bar variations changed or evolved since motherhood and the pandemic for you? Oh, girl. Well, pre-pandemic, I was revamping my website. I invested after two and a half years no, three years. I don't even know. I think I'm turning four this year. We're the same age, I think, company. We are. Yeah. Um, we're year four this year, I believe. Yep. We'll be four in December. We'll be four in December. Um, I know. I can always ask Kevin. Like, how am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so go, after year two, I said, okay, let's look at the biz. What needs to be kind of like up-leveled? I was like the website. You know, the video library is kind of like my main thing right now. I want to go online with my trainings. I know I'm having a baby. I need to set myself up automation wise. I need everything like to work for itself. And, you know, I come in and tweak, tweak and add a little bit. So I worked for about four months with, um, a designer and a, a, um, another like business coaching team that specializes in tech and had them set all these systems up. Then March came. <laughs> and we all know what happened in March. We all know what happened in March. <laughs> My son was born. So in New York City, we were the hub, right? So that we were the yeah. first cases um, in Westchester County. And New York City was slammed. So in that peak week of the beginning of the pandemic, my son was born. Because why and, not? Because why not? So March 13th. Uh, businesses were shut down. So between the 13th and the 16th, people had already shut down the 13th. They knew by Monday, everything's going to be closed for at least two weeks. What a joke, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we can talk all day about that. I mean, would I rather know we were going to be gone for a year? I don't know. But (laughs) so I was like, oh, well, okay, this is great. I'm on maternity leave. And then all of a sudden I start getting emails. Um, I don't know how to live stream my class. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go online. I have nothing set up now of no fault to anybody, right? Who would have known? And online's not for everybody. And I know right. it's not going to stay around for everybody. It was a, it was a placeholder for a, most it's an addition for a lot. And then it's going to be gone for most, a lot of people as well. So I was three days. I didn't know I was going to give birth in three days, but in three days I was going to give birth. I was holding a how to live stream your bar class workshop on a Tuesday and I was on the phone until like 11 p.m. and then I went into labor the next day Uh, I was in labor for about 36 hours not painful labor but the nice slow gross part yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was like is that my water breaking I don't know what's happening oh man (laughs) and I, I was like oh so okay my business is like blowing up in a way of like things are changing so fast. Everybody's going online. Oh my God. Do I need an app? Do I need an app now? What's happening? You know, like things were just shifting so so fast and I was trying to keep up with like a newborn and also not trying to keep up at the same time. Luckily my peeps, my community stuck around for the most part. I saw a dip like most people. Um, Real talk. My favorite comment I got via email was how dare I 
charge money during a pandemic. Wow. I lost my SHIT. Yeah. And I, I was like, great. I'm glad Postpartum I'm, hormones as well. So I was, you know, I'm a small business it, and I'll t- talk more about how I evolved, but I couldn't evolve without help, which meant I then had to invest in myself, which meant I was not bringing in the amount of money people thought I was bringing in. And let's, and let's pause this person who messaged you, were they planning on charging people for their, whatever help they needed from you? Like, hello, it's a circle. Exactly. And I made the decision, even though I was postpartum, I made the decision not to offer free classes on social media because I was already getting people to pay what I was asking. So I was like, I can't do that. I can't all of a sudden be like, and here it is. Like everyone's losing their jobs. And I had to keep telling people, your clients are not fitness professionals. The people coming into your classes are working from home. Is it more challenging? Yes. Are things changing? Yes. But like you need to be steadfast in making those decisions so it doesn't become too chaotic and then like you sink your ship. So that was like my first moment of like bringing other people in before that I did my own website. I film and record and edit everything still podcast videos. I was doing all of the social media. I had just started working with an assistant right before, um, Hannah, shout out to Hannah. She's in some of the videos and she is like my brain. She's organization queen. She introduced me to Google drive and I was like, here you go. Take it away. Like, I don't (laughs) I don't know what this is. And so she like helps me keep my brain on. And so I was like, then faced with, okay, if I'm going to compete, do I get a nap? And then like Peloton happened, Apple Fitness. And I was like, all right, I got to slow down. I then was introduced to uh, Vix Raitano, who, um, has a marketing agency and specifically works with small businesses. And I was like, I don't F I need, excuse my language. This is me on the other side of the table. Right. So, (laughs) um, I was like, I need help. I need to be out there. I don't have the time. So motherhood, uh, for me really made it clear of where I wanted to spend my time. The whole goal of setting up an online and at home business for myself was to spend time with my son we are choosing not to do daycare and I'm, I'm the primary source of life. Like yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and hashtag pandemic, I nursed my son. I gave him maybe 20 bottles in his life. Cause well, no one was babysitting him. If we were going somewhere, it was with me. So, right. you know, so that was a lot different than I thought it would be. I thought I'd be back in person teaching the studio I taught for didn't reopen. And I was like, okay, like, how do I keep my business? But also like, go back to the creative part, go back to the stuff that I love. I don't love doing social media. I don't love doing all of the like, emails and stuff like that. I do check everything I have like, executive say, I respond to everything but I'm no longer like inside the nitty gritty details. I can't, I have no brain power. Like 
my son did not sleep through the night until like a month ago not even like two weeks ago don't tell me these horror stories Michelle it's terrible (laughs) I mean and when they say like sleep through the night they're like eight hours and I'm like yeah well he went to bed at six and now he's up and it's two o'clock in the morning so awesome (laughs) he is amazing he's so pleasant but like there's just things you can't get around and when you have no family help and you and your husband work from home and you're staring at each other all day like you're just we were like trapped we have Mm. definitely have a unique situation like other pandemic moms of like and I think specifically in New York City because we're like yeah we didn't go anywhere there was nothing open like for a long time so it really shifted like the trade-offs for me what's more important writing this email or like having lunch with my kid I want to like yeah. my kid. It's such a short period of time and they change hourly that I knew I didn't want to miss a thing. I'm also a big FOMO person. So it was really hard for me to let go. The pandemic helped in that way where I, I missed, I, I traveled to 10 different cities in 2019 for teaching and then went to zero. Yeah had the pandemic not happened, I would have been feeling very guilty and very pulled in a lot of directions. I probably would have like at the expense of my son dragged him all over the place. Um, but then it's, then it's childcare. So then it's like, then I have to afford childcare to have somebody watch him while I'm teaching for eight hours. Right. So I just really started like, you know, okay, what am I, what am I doing? And I really am digging into the online because realistically in the next having another child come into this world and the next four years it's me with them right and I is it worth traveling somewhere and paying for child care my husband works too right so it's like okay so it it changed in that way hiring the marketing team also allowed me the space to think more big picture for bar variations it's an investment. It's not something, if you can afford it right away, I would say still hold off because you need to know exactly who you are as a brand. You need to know exactly what you want to say as a brand, and you need to know who exactly you're talking to. You don't know those things. And that was a lot of trial and error for me. I'm so happy I did all of that stuff because working with an agency is so easy now. I have thousands of photos. I have so much content saved that they can read these things and look at these things and know exactly the voice to use when they're Mm -hmm. creating a post. I very rarely have to go in and reshape. And if I do, it's not that time consuming. So delegating was a big lesson for this year. And I think that's exactly how I need to expand and I think that we believe we can do it all, but we indeed cannot, right? Yep. It's d- different seasons so and different shifts. Like I can be a stay-at-home mom. I can't be a stay-at-home mom and a full-time bar variations employee. Yeah. It just can't happen. There's not enough hours in the day. And I'm quite frankly very tired at 8 p.m. and don't want to sit necessarily on my computer, you know, he's napping now this is like going on hour two and my husband's here taking care of him but it's not always predictable right Right. so it's uh the mom lessons are like 
it makes it very clear and holds the mirror up to your face of like, all right, what's really important now? Where do you see this going? Is it worth it? What are you doing to make it happen? Yeah. So it sounds like delegation key and not chasing after every shiny new object, being so confident and secure in what bar variations is, what your vision is and staying in your lane, not getting distracted by, oh, they got an app. Oh, now they're doing this. Oh, now. And I struggled with that at the beginning as well. I was like, oh, maybe I need to do this. Oh, wait, she's doing that. Maybe I have to do this. And I was like, wait, that's not necessarily what bar where you are is, you know? And it sounds like you've learned the exact same through bar variations. And it's not easy. And like, obviously we're talking a year later going through pandemic, right? So it's a lot, it is a lot of nights of like being up, like, what am I doing? This is a lot of money. Like what's happening? And it's hard. I am again, somebody who like FOMO, but then I also don't want to go through things. I'm like that children's book. I'm like the bear that wants to go over it, under it, around it, way on the other side of it to not have to go through it. But I've learned in my life that uh, I have to go through it in order to come out better. And Mm. I have to learn the lessons sometimes the hard way. Like my first business, like I didn't sign any agreements it effed me over big time in the end I just was okay okay sure yes 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 all those shiny things yes Mm -hmm. I'll go here yes I'll train them yes okay New York sports club yes 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 and then all of a sudden there's nothing left like there's um god speaking of like terrible like mom analogies but like there's a book um the rainbow fish we read Mm -hmm. it to our son and it's about he like it's supposed to be about sharing I don't know but we read it and we were like, no, don't give your shine away to everybody just to make everyone feel comfortable and safe and happy. What about you? What are you left with at the end of the day? Yeah. So we, we were like, my husband and I were like, this book sucks. We like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not making the move. <laughs> and we were like, and okay, interpret it, whatever way you want. That's the mindset we were in. And we were just like, this is not how to, and he's like two months old. And we're like, there's no, do not give your shine away. Like you can share, but you don't have to give it away. Like <laughs> yeah. People can pay for it. Happy yes. pay for your shine. Yes. You don't have to like leave oh, it off your back. And he's probably like lying there. Like what's happening? <laughs> we take our children's books very seriously. In seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, through the 10 years, through the business fails and the successes and the lessons learned and motherhood and pandemic, what is the best piece of advice you could give a bar instructor or a bar business owner just starting out? Mm, Do it. Just do it. I mean, I'm going to Nike it because as a new teacher, I was lucky going into the fitness world with teaching experience as a dance teacher. Now, if you come up in this world as a dance teacher, nobody's breaking down pedagogy for you unless you went to college. And most colleges don't focus on pedagogy. They focus on performance. So how do you learn a progression of a ballet class or a jazz class? You take bajillion classes, right? 
and then you're just told change your clothes. Maybe you're observed, maybe you have a mentor, but you just have to do it. So coming into the fitness world, and I was I came through with Pilates and I got classically trained, which is a very like rigorous training. And that was easy. Memorize this list. Sure, 18 exercises, no big deal. Here's the script. Awesome. Memorized. I didn't feel the same um, insecurity of like, I don't know what I'm teaching. Because as a dancer, I was just like, you just do it. You just have to say it exactly like the person said it. And eventually it becomes your own. And that's something instilled non-verbally in the dance world. And years later, it, I was able to put words to it. Um, but as a new teacher, I see a lot of insecurity of like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, well, I just told you. Now you know. Like giving somebody the permission, I think is you you want to be around people that are going to give you permission and support you. Yeah. Instead of somebody that's going to say, no, I know more than you and you can't do it unless you've done this many hours of this before. And and then you have to work up to this. That's an old school mentorship style of like climbing the ladder. No, I don't know where my trainees are coming from. They might have years of experience in management in some business. I don't have that experience. Those skills can easily be transferred to fitness. We're not holding some holy grail of information. It's knowable, it's shareable, and it's applicable. And so I just tell my team, I'm like, okay, like the first thing we do is teach. We learn the exercise and we teach it right away. You know, it's like ripping that bandaid off. I'm like, once we do this, and we keep doing it, it's not so scary anymore. So you have to go through it, like me, you know, and same with developing your own class or opening your studio. Delegate, find those people that maybe know more than you so you can learn from them and they can help you in a way so you can do it on your own, you know, so Nike, just do it. <laughs> yeah, and and be okay in knowing that your first class mm. is not going to be your best class. Yeah, day one's not day, uh, you know, day one's not day, what, like 1,000, whatever. And my first year of business is not my fourth year of business. It's not going to be my 10th year of business. And it's hard to have such a big picture mentality because it feels so overwhelming. Like, oh, how am I going to get there? It's the small things in life, right? Like, you're not going to go on a date with somebody and be like, okay, so when we get married, <laughs> five years from now, although I kind of did that to my husband, it's like, still, so, I was like, I know you weren't looking for a girlfriend, but I'm here I am. For, here I am. And I'm looking for a boyfriend. So if you don't want to be here, you got to go. And <laughs> so funny. That I'm doesn't surprise always, me at all. <laughs> I'm not always, well, it took a lot of going through stuff to get to that point. And again, I'm somebody that had to like experience bad relationships, mediocre relationships, and then just be like, oh, what are you doing? I don't want this either. Um, yeah, you ha- and you have to be okay with it not being perfect. I'm not type A, 
I'm like a B plus. I will just like first draft it and then figure it out. So mm. a lot of dancers, a lot of fitness people are a little bit more leaning of the type A side and want it to be the perfect experience and class and offering and course and studio. And I mean, scroll back to like, I don't know, the gym. Like we used to take classes at the gym. There was no boutique studios. You're showing up in your gym t-shirt that's like 10 sizes too big and you're yeah. like cotton, cotton shorts that you got from like maybe your track team 10 years ago. And it just movement right like I always say like we need to bring it back to like the 80s where it's just fun and messy and it's not perfect did they have all the anatomy knowledge no who cares like so I think being um okay with the mess being okay with draft number one in order to learn because you might teach a class that somebody taught you they handed you the choreography and you'd be like oh that didn't feel great I would do this yeah that's draft two okay, next time, mm, I'm going to do a little bit of this, draft three. So what I'll also add to that, people have different resources. So if you are doing the scroll and you're looking at people that maybe have different financial resources than you, or their husband's a web designer, or they have you know, tech skills and something else, or their husband's a, or they're themselves a contractor, or they own property, and they're able to create this epic Instagrammable studio or online offering. Everyone has different resources. What people are looking for is the quality of the content, the meat of it, what you're saying, who you are, not necessarily the shine right away yeah and even when so you get true. it people are proud of you that have been with you on that journey people will discover you at that point and so you grow more so it's not necessarily about coming out and being like okay i need the perfect app the perfect studio the perfect outfit and otherwise you know like then when are you going to start because in order to get those resources maybe you need to make a little bit more money to get to that point or maybe you're starting up here. So that's also, I think, a reality that's frustrating is like we look at certain things on our Instagram scroll and I do it to myself and like different resources. Yep. And that's okay because we can and still run a business. <laughs> different timeline as well, right? You can't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 30. Yep. Like just, you have no idea, like you said, their resources, their backstory, uh, how long they've been at it. So, so true. It's, it's the curse of social media as yeah, well. It is. It's like the over the, the overnight success is 10 years in the making, I think is. The same. Yeah. Yep. We got so it. true. Six more years and we're going to be like. Boom. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. What um, motivates you to show up for your community? That's a good one. I got this question recently of somebody was like, how do you stay motivated? And I'm definitely not in a place of feeling super motivated these days. I'm newly pregnant again, moving house. There's a lot like personally going on. And usually when that happens, I like retreat, right? And so allowing that retreat to happen, I'm able to kind of like listen a little bit more 
and I always find motivation in listening. What are people, what are people wanting? You know, what are we going through right now? And then I'll post something, I'll do a few polls and surveys. And when I get a big response, I know I've hit it on the head and I get very mm. excited because working online is much different than in studio. And when I work in studio, I'm not teaching my coaching clients. I'm not teaching my teachers. I'm teaching regular human beings. So it's different. I don't get that same feedback. So I have to do a lot of conversing, uh, like digitally, you know, sending emails, polls, or doing a story and surveying. And I find motivation when I see I'm a curator I'm a host I like I do like being the center of the attention I have to admit because I mean otherwise I wouldn't do what I do I also feel like it's the dancer in us yeah it's not like my main goal but if I can connect you to somebody else and then make these connections that motivates me so so much more I like seeing that happen. And when I put out a poll, I put out a conversation and I see the same responses or I see Mm -hmm. people start on the thread. That is what lights me up as a teacher's teacher. It's not about me. Here's what I've got. Here's who I can connect you with because I don't know everything. Right. And then seeing that happen, that's the biggest motivator for me. So the more I lean into that, um, the better. And I love connections. That's like great. I, Kevin Bacon, just call me Kevin Bacon. That's like my <laughs> self-dubbed Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. All right. Um, last uh, technical question, if you will, and then we'll get into to some rapid fire questions to round us out. But when you aren't teaching, what's your favorite way to move your body? Mm. It's funny. It has changed so much. So again, as a dancer, I'm like, oh, never stop taking class. Echo, echo. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that sounds great, but there also came a point in my professional dance life that I don't like a lot of classes. They weren't my style. And then guess what? The style changed and it wasn't really for me. I was a concert classical modern dancer and I got into contemporary a little bit. Um, I was also big into partnering. So that was a a big part of my dance career was a lot of partnering. And then when you can't find the men that are the right partner for you, can you lift me? I can lift you. (laughs) So I would say dancing was like my first, like always my go-to, like, I'm always like dancing in some way or like moving my body. I don't sit still. Mm -hmm. Walking has, this sounds so like, I always like, I think Ricky Lake wrote wrote like a whole book about this. Like when she was going through her first like weight loss journey, like how walking is like the thing. And I always think of her. I'm like, it is. I'm like, I could walk for days. Just set me on a path and I'm out in the gym. Like, (laughs) so being outside for me, because I think also being a dancer, being around music, Yes, music motivates me. I get influenced, but it's been so played out that like, I don't have to hear the words. I know the beat, I know the whatever, and I can move to it and it can be fun and groovy. But if I want to like have an, my own physical escape, like, you know, people go to bar class to get an escape or a release, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's being like outside. I, I, when I was in LA, we did a lot of urban hiking. I would just like set me on a trail, make it to the top. I'm down kayaking. It was a thing for me for a while. I'm now pregnant. I can't do a lot of these things. So I'm like, but walking, but I can always walk. (laughs) And that's the truth. Like you can, oh, unless your like ankles are broken, you can always like put those sneakers on. That's free movement. Like get outside. If you can't leave in the city, like you can walk. If you don't have sidewalks, you know, wear a reflector because our neighbors apparently don't wear reflectors. We almost ran over like five people last night. So. Oh no! <laughs> <We're> like, ah! <laughs> um, yeah, I would say like walking is number one. Now with a one-year-old, I've never squatted so much in my life, and I'm like, and I've never lifted. I was like, I hate kettlebells. I hate lifting weights. And he's 21 pounds. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I'm getting strong and I don't want to. <laughs> All of those loaded squats that you're doing. <laughs> so I think like what, like I love correlating work at the bar or work in the studio to real life. You know, I go to bend over and pick them up with straight legs like a dancer. And I'm like, no, bend your knees, lift from your legs. So I have to like be my own trainer as well. Yeah. Um, and Pilates, I would say walking. And now that I'm not teaching as much Pilates, getting on that reformer, and just like going through a flow, that resistance, like that's for me. That's like my number one. I also taught yoga for a bit. I do yoga, but LA spoiled me, man. Those teachers are epic. And yes, I can take them online now. Um, so like my body's not where it was when it was in LA, like doing like cartwheels and handstands and so I go in phases not that I like drop it but again seasons in life like until my pelvic floor is back in place maybe I'll do a split again but (laughs) yeah no I, I like what you said there's a season for different type of movement and it sounds like you always have like a constant like the walking is a constant and then throughout different changes different types of movement come in and functional functionality at the bar is super important too just in any kind of training so important when I started nursing my son you know they say oh like moms always carry their babies on their left hip and I said I'm gonna switch hips let me tell you what purse shoulder do you use always the right right it's yep. like you, you don't switch yep. and like he doesn't switch and when I was nursing him I never looked down into the left I don't even think I looked down to the right, but he was on my left side. That was just his jam. My neck hurts. <laughs> I've never flexed forward that much in my life. And now it doesn't bother me. I just have to make sure I do the opposite. But it, it is yeah. funny. It's like, it is, life is super functional. And I think if we can take our lessons from the bar, from the studio, and apply it to actual movement. And this, I'm going to like tangent a little bit because I, people ask me all the time, is this the right way to do this? Mm. Say for a roll up, is this the right way? How'd you get up out of bed this morning? Did you flex your feet and lift your arms and articulate your spine off your bed? No. Can you do that movement a little better? So if it is causing you pain, can you engage your abs? Can you roll up? So the movement we do daily would never be considered quote unquote safe in a gym or a studio. 
Now, are we always in pain? No, most of us aren't going to be in pain if we like bend our knees past our toes because we're squatting down to pick up something we dropped. Now, how much of that can we do? Can we do things to make ourselves stronger? So I always like to kind of think of it in that way. Like I'm not moving in my life very rigid and very precise. Controlled. Controlled, right? But if you can apply the things that you've learned in a controlled, facilitated way, you might feel better. You might feel stronger. You might start engaging your abs while you're watch- washing your dishes or you're sitting on the couch scraping mm-hmm. or you realize if you're slumping, you know, so you start to make those shifts. And to me, functionality is like the most fascinating thing about what we do as a profession. Yeah. And body awareness as well, mm-hmm. bringing awareness to how you're moving and, and how to be more controlled in that movement. So true. All right. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Okay. You got to answer these quick. That's what makes it rapid fire. Okay. I am a talker. All right. You have, we have 10 of them. I'm going to time us. Okay. You have 30 seconds. Texting or talking? Talking. Favorite day of the week? A Friday. A Friday. Friday. Work and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Ariel or Jasmine? That's like Sophie's choice. I can't, I can't answer that. <laughs> um, I can't answer it. Sorry. Okay, I, okay. Both, we don't have to. We don't have both, to. Both for Halloween at one point. Those are like, oh, I was Jasmine and flying carpet or like under the seat. I can't. Okay. Right? <laughs> Tough, tough. Uh, morning bird or night owl? Oh, morning bird. Favorite season? Fall. I want to say. I knew you were going to fall. say that. Yeah, I knew. I like that eighty degree, like Indian summer day. Mm, yeah. Okay, I am curious with this one. I think I know the answer. Plank or push ups? I knew you were going to. It's <laughs> like I'm not bending those elbows. <laughs> I'm like the worst. I'm like the anti-fitness trainer trainer. This is how I get a lot of clients, people. If you like are yourself, I tell them, I'm like, I'm not doing that. But I mean, it's good for you. You got to do it. Someone makes me do it. I'll make you do it. Yeah. <laughs> this is to the Barbarations community. I am dying to get Michelle into one of my classes because we will be doing some push-ups. Okay. Place you most want to travel. Um, I have to say I'm very lucky. I've traveled a lot and, you know, you always have, I, okay. Favorite trip I want to take, not just single place. I did a national park tour, um, over 10 years ago. And by tour, it was like just California and Nevada and Utah. I want to drive across country in a camper and like not shower for a week. Oh my gosh, that's what we want to, I mean, minus the not shower for a week part, but that's what we want to do too. We want to do a bar where you are tour and we just like go all around in a camper. Okay, I'm going to go on a slight tangent. You need to watch on YouTube, the channel called Keep Your Daydream. Have you ever heard of them? No. Is it the family? They're a, it's a full-time family yes. that have gone like full-time RV 
oh my gosh, I have FOMO watching them. That's what we want to do. Because my husband can work from anywhere as well. And bar where you are is pretty much full-time online. Like it's just, we want to do that too. But I do want to shower. I know. Um, I'm like, oh, there's a river? Sure. I'm like such... You are way more Gross. nature than me. Yeah, no, I I, need I do my own shower camera. every day. Audience, <laughs> I mean, you get me in like a tent, and I'm like, I'm not showering. No way, I'm not shaving. Those okay, days. yeah, no, I can't tit. I'm more of a glamping girl. Um, my husband, okay, my husband's a glamper. Yeah, East Coast or West Coast? Oh God, this was like a conversation every day in LA. I've never lived in a place where they talked about another place so much. <laughs> I have always had the best of both worlds. My dad growing up lived in California and my grandparents in England. So a couple times a year, I would always spend time in Southern California. And then my family's like East Coast, Boston all the way. West Coast for sure has, yes, they have better weather. It's not always great though, guys. It's not 70 degrees every day better um, topography so you can be in the mountains and the beach and somewhere different where the east coast is very much the same same however if you like to travel a lot my sister lives in england so being on the west coast was very difficult i enjoy being on the east coast because of the seasons they do make a difference they make you feel like a human being in the world and that you're just not like that you're evolving yeah yes and then (laughs) and travel wise you can I like having access so I like being kind of on the edge of the U.S. where we have beach we have the mountains we have that stuff but then I can get on a plane very easily and potentially be anywhere yeah that's That's true short answer so that's good short answer all right favorite movie junkie I like opted in I should have bought stock I like used to get like six movies a week when they like could mail them in I had like such a system yeah favorite that's a hard one I never know how to answer that one okay we can pass you just like all of them I do like all of them I will watch garbage and then I like I just watch Nomadland and I was like crying it was so good I have a good appreciation for movies I like going to movies by myself really Creepy. I know. And I used Fun to fact, Skipper, my husband and I have, we have never gone to the movies like together. Never. And now I feel like it's been so long that now I'm like stubborn. I'm like, I can't break that anymore. Like yeah, I no, can't, can't break that dream. Oh no, my husband and I, we go to like old movies. Like we'll go to those theaters that show like old ones. I love the movies. Actually living in LA was like really fun for it. I yeah, was, I bet. Dreams come true. I like did all of the touristy like movie things when yeah. I lived. that is fun that I is took fun. a tour of Paramount by myself that's how like I was like I'm going <laughs> that's yeah, fun favorites tough because it's just like Ariel and Jasmine I can't choose, I can't choose. okay we, and we won't make you last one you do have to choose this okay cake or donut cake cake buttercream it, what, what kind of cake buttercream oh we're specific yeah, or red velvet with cream cheese frosting. Of course, yeah. Um, sponge cake, any cake, sticky mm-hmm. toffee date cake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the English side of these coming out there. I was just going to say, I was like, you want a great British bake-off, favorite TV show? I can answer that yeah. one. 
<laughs> well, that's it. How oh, fun. So good. Well, thank you so much, Heather. Oh, my it's pleasure. So great. And I hope everyone listening learned a little bit about me. And just know that there's no wrong answer in the journey of bar in life. And you just do it and go through it. And then hopefully make friends like Heather along the way. This has been so much fun, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me on taking over the podcast. Yes, yes. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you'd like to write into this podcast, send an email to info at barvariations.com. You can follow us all over social media at Bar Variations. And you can also visit the website at www.barvariations.com, where you can find show notes, archived episodes, and more. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.